0: the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international sports.
1: The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Sheila Regan, Bridget McDowell, and Pablo Miranda. Produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria and Eric Silva Renneman. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at mnfootballshow on your social media platform of choice
2: subscribe to and rate the minnesota football show on
1: itunes welcome to another minnesota football show we got uh, rodrigo sanchez chavaria bridget mcdowell sheila Regan in the house my name is eric silver brenneman um how are folks feeling pretty good week we check in I'll, I'll start with uh well, I'll start with Bridget. Sheila's doing something with her headphones. It looks like <laughs> Bridget, how you
0: doing? I'm all right. It's been a kind of a crazy, busy week, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Makes the week fly by.
1: Yeah, Mr.
3: Rodrigo. You know this? The weather's been great. I have to tell you that. Yes, yeah. I'm. Really, but I know that fall's coming because my allergies are kicking my ass right now. <laughs> that's- yes. Uh-huh. And so like, I'm like Solidarity. paranoid about it. I'm like, wait, no wait, This is allergies. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's allergies. I'm like, yeah. And um, is this, this my usual first...
0: sore throat or is this a new sore throat? Or Right. You know,
3: why am I sneezing? Like, like someone punched me in the face. Right? <laughs> no, it's just, it's just allergies punching me in the face. And it goes around the house. Like a lot of people have allergies and, um, uh, Santi, um, Santiago, our eight-year-old, wants us A uh, next car that we buy it'd be an electric vehicle, and so I've um, I, I let Matt Bravatsky know because he's a big <laughs> electric vehicle. Guy. So that should be an extremely interesting conversation when those two meet. Um, was the first time uh, Santiago actually spent some time with my dad at his house, so it's a big step for us. Um, it was nice. He didn't want to leave, which is great. Also, Issa and Giselle. Play their first varsity game together. I had
1: that in the notes. Yeah, that's How, awesome. Tell us. So that highlights. was big.
3: That was big. That was big for me. Um, and lots of people have Wait different a questions. Yeah.
2: Um, Gizelle is in eighth grade. Yeah. And she made varsity also. Yep. Wow.
1: So dope. we had to
3: have a special petition and all the other stuff uh, because she is from a different um, middle school. It mm-hmm. isn't one that's sort of connected to Como. So then uh-huh. there has to be special paperwork, or just letters, literally,
2: uh-huh.
3: validating why she why she wants to. And she tried out and, and she made it. And, you know, it's COVID season, so it's really unique. So I'm pretty sure that also increased her chances, but very proud of both of them. They got to get yeah. some playing time.
1: Yeah, a power. We also, and then, and then we,
3: <laughs> yeah. But then the cool thing is I didn't get to talk to Mary Casper of uh, Monarchs, right? But she is the coach of Washington Tech, so uh, I got uh, to see her in action, and so that was great. So, is this um, going to be a
1: rival team now that they're going to play.
3: I don't. Well, we've always played Washington Tech. It's like it's like okay. the way that they've done the fall season is they're only playing district teams. Yeah. So there's only literally like five games they're playing, and then whatever tournament. But they only you only play in the district teams, and there wow. were no fans in stands. Um, the only reason I got to be in the stadium is because I was going to be doing the recording for the Como team. It was just me and a video camera and everybody else was in their cars kind of thing. Some people were social distancing by the fence uh, with masks on and like, uh, yeah, it was, it was it was that. So it was, uh, it was um, an interesting game, so.
2: My niece, uh, um, she went to like, you know, they have got captain's practice at South um, and she went there for two days and they uh, had to they had to um, stop practicing because uh, a kid on the team, like their mom, got COVID.
1: Really?
2: Yeah. So they had like a week without practices, and then I guess they they're back again.
1: <laughs> practicing. Wow. I was yeah, no, going to ask. A... There's a, <sighs> yeah.
3: there's, a, there's a there was on the news and um, um, that the whole Egan high school team. Like girls team had to be put on two week quarantine cancel the first games because someone or s- several, I don't know if it's one person or several sources, you know, tested positive for COVID. Yeah. Each mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy in the sense that that's our world right now. Um, uh, but I think some of the precautions that they're taking and the thing is that this is the same pod that they've been playing with for a long time. So it's, it's, and it's one of those things, but yeah, like there's a lot of questions and a lot of, you know, there's risk with doing that, but you know, these kids want to play and so they understand that. So it was, it was good to watch my kids play. It was one of those dad no moments, dad moments where like, you know, I never thought I able to get to see my kids play on the same team because they're, you know, age different, but yep. it was nice. So am so looking cool. forward to hopefully more of that. So.
1: Yeah. And Sheila, what else is new besides, uh, besides your niece coming off on and off of her team? Mm. Yikes.
2: Well, uh, she made junior varsity. And my, her brother, the older brother, he's a sophomore, he made varsity. So he's very excited. Mm-hmm. So they're both extremely happy because you know, they're not going to school right now. Because mm-hmm. it's all distance learning right now. So it's like the only social social thing they have. Yeah. And they, they have, the way South has it, I don't know how it is at your school, Rodrigo, but they have less teams than normal. So, like, there's some kids that, like, just don't get to be on a team.
3: Yeah, usually they allow, I think, mostly, at least in St. Paul, like, four teams, uh-huh. right, per, per gender, uh-huh. if possible, right? So usually, like, for example, if you we were to take the Como Boys soccer team, they usually have a JV, a varsity, kind of like a sophomore team and then a freshman team.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think this year they've only made the regulation to only have three teams.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so, uh, and you know, the numbers are down from tryouts, right? You know, from, I think from 90, like from the boys side was from like 90 to like 60. But also the thing too is that and maybe the same situation as at South is a lot of these kids who, uh, who can work are currently working to help their families, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, like that's one of the things that we've had going on with it. Like, a lot of kids do want to come, but they can't come because they're working, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that becomes a, the. Is that issue. like a rule? Um, what do you mean by a rule? Like that they can't come, or
2: yeah, like if you have a job, you can't be on the soccer team.
3: No, it's it's more like they can't. You know, it's money over over playing soccer, I right? See, Making I money see, for their right. family, so it's more like a personal decision. But like because they are helping their family, <coughs> mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of people don't have um, income, in you know, that right. a lot of the kids are are working, doing certain stuff, doing you know delivery stuff or working at supermarkets or whatnot, doing trying to get some money and help out. And I think a lot of that is happening, and you know that affects the turnout, which affects and what teams are made out of. So it's, it's good for some people who can take advantage of it, but like overall, you don't get a full full spectrum of, of what the teams would look like. Yeah, but three teams. So in the girls side, at least um, they're just having varsity and JV. So uh-huh.
1: I think I can yeah. add to this discussion a little bit. Just we we were biking to uh, the Mississippi a couple of days ago and uh just out of random uh, happenstance, we ha- we went by Mini Academy and they were playing a game, an actual match. Uh, the the men's team, the boys' team. And so we stopped for a little bit and and watched on the opposite side of the street. And just like you all are saying, like everybody's lined up and most everybody's wearing masks. And the ref at one point actually blew the whistle and I was like looking around the pitch, like, was there I didn't see a foul, what's happening? And he runs over to the to the fence. And- and he yells at a couple kids, and he's like, put your masks on now. Like he stopped the game. <laughs> he stopped the game. He was like, masks on now before we start playing again. I was like, oh, that's kind of baller. Just like calling him out.
3: <laughs> um, if you're interested, Eric, uh, there's a YouTube video that the Minnesota Referee Association put out. And it literally is it's like, a, it's, it's a, like a slideshow of what all the rules are and how they expect them to apply. Is that it.
1: one of them? You can, you can shut it down?
3: You can you can stop if you if it's, it's it's up to the referee to make that distinction. But okay, like the rule is like if you're on the bench, if you're not social distancing, right, then you need to have your mask on.
1: Yeah, they were outside of the like perimeter. Yeah, but I in mean, the perimeter, and close, then people, people are supposed that... to. Yeah, the
3: parents are supposed to also social distance and wear masks. Yeah. that's
1: what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, like so, if there would have been a corner kick, they would have been breathing on them. You know what I'm saying? So that's probably yeah, why. So that's
3: probably on. why I think that's what it is. Like for example, at Como we have a running track around the twig and then we have grass, so it's like literally mm-hmm. 15 feet back from the, 20 feet back from from where the the field is at, and so I think that that adds onto it. But no, yeah, they're supposed to. There's a lot of different rules, um, lots of hand sanitizers. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my curiosities. It's just to see if a, which which schools in, in during these high school games, if any of the kids like take a knee or anything that kind of like that, if they had that kind of discussion within their own. I know my kids haven't had that discussion because they're all going to be like, we got to practice, we got to do this. But I think that's something that they're heading down towards. On. And I don't know if all high school games will have national anthems, uh, but that's another discussion that teams may be having. But regardless, it's, uh, it's uh, going to be interesting. My kids no are kidding. in ice baths right now, in a sense. <laughs> Since the, it's a crash course for both of them getting back into somewhat of a shape of, of playing the game, but yeah.
1: Nice. Well, let's transition because I know your your time, Rodrigo, is a little limited. Let's let's get to this uh, Minnesota United section here quickly. Uh, youth development news kind of came out. I don't think there was a whole lot of. <laughs> news <laughs> to repeat myself there wasn't a whole lot of new content or new things but uh was there something that caught your eye reading this and bridget sheila feel free to chime in as well i mean uh go ahead take it uh,
3: i personally didn't see anything specifically that that stood out i mean i i have i have more questions than they probably the typical person but like for example the person that they chose to run it his name is neo and i forget his last name um at the moment but he is you know currently still on from what i was checking you know he's still working for mta and still name it i think st john's so like my my first connection with this was like is he is this person going to be full-time or is this another part-time thing how How is this, you know, is this going to be their sole job or, or, or what is it that they're going to do? Um, in addition, um, I don't know if he has uh, his lic- licensing, you know, I didn't get to check too much of that. What what level of licensing? Usually there's a certain level of licensing that you need to have in order to do academy work, but uh, at least director type work from my understanding, but I don't know if that has changed because MLS destroyed their academies and they're trying to figure out what, when that's going to come back. So I don't know what the new rules are. Are we in a specific gray zone? Well, there's a lot of questions in the aspect of like, okay, well, if clubs are going to do most of the training, is there, you know, is there more, is there some sort of compensation? Uh, the good thing that I did see is that um, that um, I saw in it is that this, the, the club says that if they identify someone who is... Someone who they want to be in the U15, U17, age bracket that they will have not to pay any fees, and I think that's that's a good thing. That that's a good step. But at the same time, I like I, I uh, because I have uh, athletes that are that 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 are not feeling represented in the aspect of soccer world. It doesn't take much for Minnesota United to kind of apply a similar if not partner up with a similar um, organization in Minnesota and, and and try to do something that for, for, for young ladies, I think. Wasn't there, wasn't
1: there a line too about to organize U 23 matches?
3: That's the thing that weird me out because U 23 suggests to me that you have like a USL, like a, you have like a reserve team in a sense, which, which I don't know if that was just a typo. And a
0: reserve team in that release.
3: Yeah, I don't, I mean, Technically, I don't. I don't think we even have a roster for that. <laughs> so, so I don't know what that would even look like, right? I mean, you imagine, you know, if you if you technically send everyone who's in that age group over there, right? I mean, you would have uh, what? You have Freddie as your goalie, and your uh, and Chacon as your number ten, and then I don't know. It'd be it'd be really interesting. So, but I don't know. I think it's there's a lot more questions. I'm hoping things will. I think once the MLS. Determines when the academies start playing again. I think more information will roll out, but um, it's an ODP style system, which you know is 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 okay if that's what you want to do specifically, and, I, and this idea of developing this different different type of uh, player for for Minnesota youth soccer. But at the same time, I wish they would also include. Not only, not only the male perspective on it, I think there needs to be work on both sides. And if it's Absolutely. actually for youth soccer, right, for the betterment of youth soccer in Minnesota, then it should include both sides, not just one. Absolutely.
0: And, of course, did confirm he was digging up the licensing a little bit. And, yeah, I don't have his last name on here either. Um, but he's working on his A license, but he doesn't have it yet. So it is kind of an odd choice. Um, and you would think it was it would be a full-time thing, but um, who knows these days. I think the weird thing is uh, they keep talking about how it's going to be such a um, like a combined effort within clubs in the community, but at the same time they've burned quite a few bridges in the process of tearing down the previous academy, what the little there was to tear down. Um, so it's kind of felt like more lip service to me of you know here's we're going to work with all these people we're going to help them identify players we're going to listen to community coaches when they identify a player and suggest someone to us Um, but at the same time they've frozen out clubs who are trying to get uh, any sort of mls affiliation and you know any sort of standing within the youth soccer community at large not not even just minnesota so it's it's going to be interesting to see how they actually work it out as things move along
3: i think an interesting thing to point out too is uh um I, forgive me for butchering his last name but charles Boehm was it I think that's right for mls yeah, yeah. He, he he you know he's he's the key well he's a reporter that deals with you know youth development and i think his article on mls.com does 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 fill in some some holes but not a lot like i I told him i have a lot more questions now than i did before uh and just like just like bridget was pointed out i was like well first of all did all the players that get released oh is that something that they can do has it happened no one's confirmed any of that and i'm probably sure we won't hear from that unless you know we um we, we find out personally from families, I think, um, but I think the
0: problem is that the families don't understand what's happening right now. Yeah,
3: <laughs> exactly. I think The <other> thing, <laughs> is, the thing is like, it's, there's a lot of not, not, not communication. And like, if you're having issues of communication with your players, then I don't know what the conversations will be like with clubs. And what is the club? What does Minnesota consider um, a community club? What is considered a, a soccer club? Like, you know, what are, what, what definitions are they using? How is their outreach when they literally, I don't know, they have, they have an outreach program or outreach coordinators in, in there. So how are they planning to create those bridges? I'm pretty sure a lot of that will come from the Tony Santa foundation, which is great because the Tony Santa foundation is building their own turf field uh, over on Conway, which is good to, good to learn more soccer spaces. But at the same time is like, is that, is that the base? Is that, all the outreach that will be done, right? And I think that's that. Those are all the questions that we have. Like I said, I have tons of questions, but no, um, no real answer. And I think once again, once MLSSI's you know, academies can start resuming practices and whatever, then uh, uh, we'll have hopefully a much better understanding of what this is. But so far, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to say I'm extremely pessimistic. But I'm still trying to figure out what is going on.
1: Well, let's transition to the match yesterday, just uh, with the time that you have. So we had Minnesota United play Dallas, in Dallas. Um, I was a little bit distracted again with this one. So I'll rely on, on you wonderful crew to help me out a little. One thing I actually learned today that I completely missed was apparently the anthem was played, but it wasn't televised. And some players kneeled, some did not. Uh, And apparently, Ozzy Alonso stayed, knelt for five seconds after the whistle blew. Like, they just kind of played around him for five seconds. Did Mm -hmm. did you all see that? I missed that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was, like you said, it wasn't televised. So we kind of missed what was happening beforehand. Mm -hmm. And it it looked like maybe they were doing the... uh, like that short hold, like they were doing in Orlando, where everyone knelt down for like the first 20 seconds after the whistle. It looked mm-hmm. like that's what was going to happen, but he stayed down and everyone else started playing.
2: Maybe um, he did that because possibly. they skipped showing the anthem. Quite
0: possibly. Like, well, possibly. If
2: you're not going to yeah. show it. Then I'm going to make you show it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So Dallas obviously learned from uh, a couple weeks ago uh, when things kind of got crazy and they in their stands on television right. um so you know they're they're playing the anthem anytime that there's a audience really um so any of the teams that have fans in the stands for these games they are still playing the anthem but definitely learn not to play it and to show what happens um at that time but yeah the the photo i saw was every dallas player both benches were kneeling dallas chose to face the fans in their bench rather than face the flag, which is on the other side of the pitch. Um, the reps were all kneeling at the center uh, facing the flag. And then we had most of the loons were standing, Ozzie, Metonair, um anyone with Black Players Coalition was kneeling, everyone else it seemed to was standing. Um, so it's, there, there have been some questions about that as well. Obviously those photos came out afterwards um, because it wasn't televised, but. There'll be some questions there
1: too. Yeah, we're doing this a little out of order. We'll we'll, we'll cover the strike after this. Uh, but
3: yeah, no, I I think it's it's it was interesting to that this is a a Dallas without a Reggie Cannon that we played. <laughs> yep, that too.
1: Yeah, you can mention and that. go, go the ahead. And mention of that. That rather was ago. a little strange.
3: And that's what I was like when I when I was like, wait, Reggie Cannon is not playing in Portugal for a twelfth place team, which. I'm hoping it's a step, stepping stone to, like, Europe for him. Yeah. But, and I hope there's sure. agreements. There's agreements where, like, you know, you don't just go play for a 12th place team and not have some guarantees on that. At least that's what I would see as my agent. I'd be like, yo, I, I want some yeah. playing time, like some major playing time. Not just, you know, I'm going to step here, ride the bench, and then hopefully my price goes up and then someone buys me. But I, I I felt optimistic in the aspect. I was like, well, we're playing without Reggie Cannon. That should be really in our favor in that sense. And I know it's super hot. So like, we seem to do okay in hot weather, i.e., Orlando. But apparently, if we're not playing in a bubble, it seems to be <laughs> not the not not the thing that that, that actually gives us an advantage.
0: Apparently, so for, heat and yeah. are not the not the ideal combo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so load is back in. Like that was like the one. Big starting difference, right? Um, What did you all kind of see in the first ten minutes before uh, before Fafa Pico kind of decided to put Mittenair in a in a uh, in a skillet and kind of you know saute him a little bit?
3: I think we started with a four two three one. Is that right, Bridget? Yeah. Yeah. Which is you know a change from the four two three three. that we've been seeing you know these last couple of games. So. So, I, I think he's listening to you, Bridget. I think I think he is taking is <laughs> is taking in uh, advices from all the podcasts around Minnesota and just being I mean, like, "Well, you know what, four three is not working anymore. We're going to go with that uh, or two three one back again,
1: so, just like the Minnesota football shows suggested. Yeah. That would be incredible,
3: right? So, like, so yeah, no, that that was impressive to me. I was like, okay, well, you know, we'll we'll see, right? And um, we don't know how we feel about lewd. It, um, and I think it's well documented everywhere, but regardless, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, okay, we'll see what happens first ten minutes. And I don't know.
0: You know, it, a 4 four-two-three-one is great. If you have the one actually playing up top, but uh, I don't think I noticed Anria at all. He mm. didn't even say his name right. for most of the first pass. Um And Lude even, he didn't really notice. I forgot he was playing until he was subbed out. So
1: it, oh, I noticed them on the second one. We'll talk about that in a sec.
0: <laughs> that, well, yeah, yeah there's a little bit of that. But you know, for the most part, anyone past the midfield was non-existent. And it looked like it was going to be all defense, which is funny because the defense was horrible. And Dallas really knew how to pick that apart. Um, yeah. that's really all they had going for him in the first pass.
1: So in the 11th minute, as I alluded to, a little little uh, metaner sauté, Fafa Pico puts a move on him. And, I mean, like we've seen Gasper kind of do to other <laughs> wingers and defenders, it, 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 it's almost kind of like karma, right? It came back at us because he yeah. just burned him. He burned him so good and had just enough space to just curl this shot in. And, I, I mean, it goes in, is, is Rajit Singh... Is he out of position? Is, was was this on him? I just feel like, A, Metanera gets fried. Uh, I also put in Ozzy was way out, was way high again. Rodrigo talks about this constantly, how how people are starting to figure out how to get him to push up and open up that space. So he comes barreling in, but he's way too late. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to be like, this is on the keeper. Agree? Disagree?
0: I, yeah, I'd have to agree, it you can see that he was expecting a little bit of his uh, defensive help there. He didn't expect to be on his own on that one. And yeah. he shouldn't have been. I mean, his four guys were not in between him and him and the attacker with the ball. So he did come out a little flat on that. I think he came out a little further than, you know, we'd usually see him. But he had no choice.
1: So, it's a very um, new thing, though, to see Metonier just get smoked like that. I've yes. never seen that before. Yes. Yeah.
0: And after that first one, he it's like he lost all composure, almost. Yeah. Wasn't moving as quickly.
3: I mean, that's the thing with, like, like, when like I love Ozzy, and I love it, and I've said it before, I love it when he pushes up and becomes part of the attack, in a sense. But if we don't have someone else that's going to step up, and usually that's Ike's role, right? I mean, usually <laughs> yeah. Ike is the one that's... He's the, the, he's the one the, who uh,
0: has to be behind Ozzy.
3: Yeah. Right, and so, like, and and Boxel sometimes was pushing up in that sense, but it's just uh, whatever we see him. And if and if if you're a nerd of stats, if you if you go to the MLS.com and you look at the chalkboard, like you can totally see like the difference in like what was Ozzy doing. Like Ozzy was like literally, I think 60-40, like in 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 the other half than it was in the other half. And a lot of those uh, counterattack opportunities that dallas took advantage of where when where he was pushing up and like there was no one in the middle and then great and it's easy to to dribble through gregos i mean one defender you know whoever decides to do that it just becomes that and that was the other thing too is like i i didn't feel gregos felt that urge to push up and really be involved that much and then and, and besides set pieces we I, I didn't see that that much of him and i think also, like Amarija, Molino, Ethan Finley. <laughs>
1: you're you, you the Uruguayan accent with the Uruguayan that being I, I, well, I kind of have know. to do that,
3: you know. <laughs> um, if you look at their look at their their map of all them playing together, there's like there's like no creativity whatsoever. There's more like red red uh, arrows, which indicates you know bad passes or passes, in, you know, yeah. to to that. But then you just switch into the second half and you put the kids in. And it literally feels like, you know, like, like it's, it's, there's way too many arrows. There's so much going on in that attacking third. It's crazy.
1: Like, well, let's, let's back up for one second, just because I want to say we barely, we didn't even have a chance to breathe between that first goal and the next because 60 seconds later, Pico gets the ball again and remembers, Oh, wait a minute. I burned this guy once. I'm going to do it again. And so he does. He beats Metanera again, gets a cross off this time that kind of gets knocked around. I think, Boxall heads it, right? But it it falls to – I'm not even sure who it falls to, but it's a Dallas player that Gasper misses. Robin Lood is right there. He is in the frame (laughs) and doesn't move. Doesn't move. And uh, Fajera gets the shot off and scores. That's two goals in two minutes.
3: Yeah, that was Pepe, right? The the assist Um, on the – and the Ferreira goal was uh, was Ricardo Pepi. I mean, I just, he oh
1: yeah, he gets the header from from Barcelona. Yeah, I I, so.
3: I, I I just think it's you know like I don't know like there was like no energy in a sense, and I may, and I thought you know it's a heat, but I was like wait wait a second, you know they play in Orlando, come on,
0: yeah. Like, Tyler Miller had to wear
3: different it. types of gloves. He wouldn't, you know. I mean, like I get it, but uh, there was like no offense, and and it, what gets me the most here again is that our left backs and our right backs are the one that are creating the width on <laughs> our field and that's it like the, the like like if you want to start off with that that's great right but it shouldn't have them always being creating the width all the way up to the to, to attacking third I mean,
1: broken just, record every well week I, think,
0: <laughs> so, the I mean last week with that four three three the difference really the only change this week with the four two three one is having Dotson come out and then you have Molino step up uh, into that left wing role uh, in the top three. That's really the only change is that swap and adding mood in there and I think that's where we see, I mean Ozzy wasn't didn't look this bad last week because you had Hassani in front of him who could kind of do those overlapping runs and kind of make up for that um, and without him there, Ozzie takes that role on. That's why we see Gray Goosh kind of staying back, because we've got the attacking line up front instead of the midfield line up front. He's got Molino up top and all of those guys. Jan doesn't see a reason to step up. He shouldn't have to. It didn't work out that well this time, but that's worked no. in the past. Um,
1: Molino, by the way, so, super quiet as well.
0: Yes. That's so. Yeah. That, that was the problem. We saw a lot more chances last week with having the midfield stacked with that 4-3-3, and you would think that you'd see more of that in a four-two-three-one. 3 one but you
2: move one or two pieces out, and that's all it took.
3: I mean, I we, there was
2: – I hope that Heath is listening to this excellent <laughs> advice. <laughs> he loves us. Are Let you know. listening? <laughs>
1: you know, there's there's Here one now. moment – as, as as I mentioned that, I, I, I clocked it about the 20th minute where there was a nice uh, – Amarija had a good little holdup that he got off to Molino that he shot. And uh, the Dallas keeper, I mean, he, he had to go down on it and it basically like kind of yeah. banked off his body. And that was probably their best offensive moment of the half.
0: I think maybe the only, only. Yeah, they're only.
1: Exactly, they're only. Uh, okay, so then we wait, get no, to wait, our wait, – wait, wait, wait.
3: Yeah, please, go. There was the – there was the Gasper shot,
1: oh, like literally yeah. at the half.
3: Yep. At the half, that's
0: right. Yeah. When
3: when Chase was, and he's been doing a lot more of that, like trying to cross the ball and then trying to shoot. And and I'm, I'm hope Chase listens. Just try shooting like you're going to cross the ball. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: Sheila, you gotta seems add to all be these his people work. on Twitter. That seems to be work 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 working best for you. But no, that was a shot on go. I mean. Yeah, we got deflected. But it was at that point. That's like, again, if we're having our wing, if our left back and our right back creating our our opportunities, it's not, it's not going to be a good look for us. And I think also too, it's just that Amarija wants to do everything. I just, I don't know. Maybe he's not 100%. I have no idea. But after the bubble, um, Molino, Lude, uh, Moline, um, I mean Finley they all look gassed they look like there's no like I don't know if they're just mentally fatigued from being in the tournament and just the adrenaline and, and and if that's the situation you know give them a couple of games off you know or like trying to figure things out you know I mean you have the depth to be able to try to figure things out right and if you do that's what, you, that's what we talked about earlier it's like now we have a midweek game here's your opportunity to to not overkill your what you consider your starting eleven and and give them a break
1: at the start. I
3: mean that's what and, Oscar, and they Oscar that pareja they need did that it. in that second half.
1: Yeah, that's a good segue. So we have a, a long freaking lightning delay for what was it, at least an hour, right?
3: That was a great outdoor show by the way. I learned so much about Normandy
1: <laughs> and, and fish hooks. Oh, I, I did not watch that at all. I was we, we, we were at some friends of children's house having a good time and I got back in on it late we and I could that. not believe um, well, I heard this from Andy Andy Greeter. Was ta- he says, manager Adrian Heath was livid with reporters uh, with the 2-0 down at the halftime and says, a lot said at halftime I couldn't repeat on here. I, it could have been four or eight substitutions first half, which then segues into our second half, which I, I turned this on. I think it had already been going for a couple minutes. And so I missed the mass entrance, and I could not believe my eyes. <laughs> When I saw a little blonde child darting in and out of things, of, of, of little positions and quick one-touch passes, I, I had to blink. I had to uh, run in the bathroom and, again, wash my eyes and make, and make sure this was real. <laughs> but yes, uh, Toy comes in for Amaria. They put this kind of in the wrong order on, on, the, on the app, but uh, uh, Rahim comes in on the right. Uh, for Finley. Uh, where else am I? Chacon amazingly in for um uh, for Lud and who goes? and, and, and then uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Hassani. For Thank you. Hassani goes central for uh, for Molino which is kind of wild. And so there we are. Go ahead, take it. I, I pff, wild. We have reached Four the section subs.
3: of this of the Minnesota football show that we would like to call hashtag play the kids.
1: <laughs> hashtag
3: listen to us because out of the out of the gate like the energy and i'm sure they got yelled at you know like and i'm sure they were like you know what you we got to do better and then you influx the energy and youth that this team has and the death and oh my gosh that was a that was that was a heck of a of, of, of a burst that you needed it's like it's like having like a like like a's like chugging a 12 pack of jolt <laughs> going to go in there and play for all you old people like me that understand what jolt is but yeah
1: it was good it was i i I was just amazed to see four substitutions at once i don't think that's ever happened um and then the fact that Chacon was actually in and playing well which leads to the fifty fourth minute where uh Gregoosh, who started this one off, Bridget. It, it gets to Gregoosh. I can't remember who made that initial pass. Neither. Well, it's a lovely pass to open open things up in the midfield. It gets to Gregoosh, who does a behind the back, gorgeous little flick, and Dotson is right there to take one touch and bangers only, and it goes pretty impressive. I mean, what a start!
3: Here, here are the stats of 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 Hassanis Dotson's goals. Like I saw this on Twitter and I then I checked it, four out of his five goals have been outside of like the eighteen yard box. So like oh, I understand, like I always give I always give the Minnesota Twitter account the bangers only uh, hashtag and you know I'm be like you know check in with uh with certain people from uh from a music group locally, but at the same time I'm like no man that kid can shoot and that was a bullet that was like. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was you was, not say uh, Do-
1: You not say Doomtree? Is that copywritten? <laughs> uh,
3: I just don't you know, don't want to say that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Love you, Death uh, It
0: was it was Edwards who got it to Gray Goose. Okay. He came flying down that left wing.
3: Yeah. Nice. I mean, just the like, like seriously, like if I could show you guys, maybe I should show you guys. I share my screen, but like, um, so like I was saying, like the the just the activity that was happening the second half with with uh with the youth it was just like crazy and it was crazy busy like uh, and um that was the thing that you know that um uh, that just needed to to be done so look if um if I were to see right here like this is what would lewd Uh, Well, you know, you see, this is what the kids are doing. This is not what the kids. This is what the first half was. Now, if you change that to like, if you change that to what the subs were, which is Chacon, Toy, Dotson, and Edwards, just look at at how like the activity is. Like they were getting passes into the middle, right? Instead of trying to use the wing, and and they were trying to create opportunities. So many opportunities on the in the middle and, and and passing it was just you know it's 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 kind of like mind boggling you know, that, that we can be good at other things besides making our our left backs and right backs create offense and use the wings right if we if we do like like what we've talked about Dodson is you know he likes to go up a wing and then he likes to go inward if we are able yep. to use the middle of the field that way, we are able to create opportunities specifically around the top of the eighteen box where center backs are at their, um, what's the word? Are, are at their most, uh, you know, crazy, trying to figure out where everybody else, everybody, is. so their, their tension is high, and if you have a lot of quick pass movements that we saw a lot of, you know, you can you can totally break break them down, but at the same time just just make them even come out even more. And I think that's one of the things that was so nice to see is that we are able to create a different type of offense than we have been doing before. And I don't know what else people wanna wanna know about, you know, like Edwards is everywhere. I mean Dotson
1: Edwards uh, hits the post off of a great little one twos between Gaspar and Chacon. With his left foot. I mean, geez. his left foot, yeah. Uh, Ozzy got a little more space to kind of start to attack and, and not feel, like, super stressed about having to cover all over the place. He got a good shot on, like, the 60th I got. Toy gets his little shot off, too, again, coming from Chacon. We got to talk about Chacon. He played great. He looked great. He did.
3: And he played on the left, right? I mean, yes. he yeah. was able to – when he – and and I get people get upset with him because like you know he's young whatever whatever or like he seems to be mad every time the ball does not get to him when he's open right, and that's true right. I mean there's some composure in that right, but also at the same time we've all been now more witness witnesses of what his how his little mind frame works and how to create opportunities <laughs> right. He even dribbles at somebody. And it, which with the intention of drawing them out so he can see the space and then try to lay a ball off. Or he likes to do a lot of the quick passes that needs to be done. Right. The most annoying thing for any defender is, ha- is having to know that you have, we have an attacker that's going to get rid of the ball in two touches or less. Like that's, that's you having to chase someone like that. It's like, you're never going to get the ball. You're never yeah. going to give to provide any pressure. And that just gets frustrating. And I think some of that tell- into
1: that i'm sorry go ahead no please finish
3: no no i was just saying that you could tell that was something that was, that was working and i think the more uh, chase and Chacon got to work together more the more chase started realizing well i'm just going to feed him the ball and let him see what he what else he can do
1: right and there were very
3: very good opportunities where where, where that where that up to a positive any aspect of it but i must say um when he got and, and and people say you know he's he, he's a small guy he's not built for the league whatever all these critiques are just are, are just excuses. He got knocked down by a guy who was taller than him, and then he got up like he was ready to fight him.
1: He did. I remember that moment.
3: That alpha moment. That was like the whole Uruguayo in him. I swear. Yeah, that is that is the thing. It don't matter what's <laughs> Where's Pablo? <laughs> you know, and that was one of the things where like, all right. You know, it's like, he means business. Let him in. He can take care of there, himself.
1: There was 20 minutes from, like, the start of that, whenever we, they finally got going, until about the 65th, 70th minute, where the Dallas midfield was just in disarray, just completely confused about what to do with him, <laughs> which was just awesome to see, because every time he got the ball, they like, oh, crap. Uh, oh, it's, the ball's gone, because he's, like you said, he doesn't hold, and he makes such quick one, one-touch passes, and he, he already... He sees the runs. He knows where people are supposed to go, and man, it was just—it was such a jolt going back to it. The jolt of energy, and and the midfield was just absolutely out of their minds, confused for at least right. twenty minutes.
3: Right, and Dallas eventually had to make a defensive substitution to be able to look to to sound their line, which is they brought another another defensive player. And and I yep. think that was, that was maybe around that same time, the seventieth, seventy fifth minute around that time where that might have happened. But like right. at the same time, I think you know. Uh, when 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 Lucci Lucci understood that that's, that's what was happening, like I think it was, yeah, maybe it might have been earlier, but anyways, they they were making those those switches to be able to not feel so out of place in that midfield because it was all attack for like 20 25 minutes, and there were chances, there were posts upon posts. We feel yeah, like Griguish hits the right? post 65th. Yep. It was like a serial commercial. It was post versus post versus post. I mean, and it was like one of those things that, you know, like, you know, and it didn't roll our way, but the fact that we had opportunities and creativity, that's the one thing that I've been looking forward. That's a key word. Creativity, yep. to be able to create opportunities was refreshing. And I understand that, you know, the result is not what we wanted. I get that. But at the same time, like we were put in a position down to nothing that we needed to produce something. And these kids in forty-five minutes were able to produce a goal and several opportunity chances. So,
1: like you know, they, and, and they granted, produced the goal in ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: they did that, and they could have done much more than that. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, they weren't able to the the, the ball didn't just go their, their well their way. And I think Edwards has always made a strong case for for uh, for n- being in the rotation. I think with this performance by Dotson, you just can't bench him. Yeah. And I think honestly. that's one of the things that you 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 can't look into is you can't bench Dotson. Dotson helps Ozzy, a happy Ozzy. You know, Ozzy gets endorphins. A happy Ozzy doesn't <laughs> doesn't get yellow cards. <laughs> he stays healthy, right? You know, trying yeah. to take a line out of the uh, legally blonde thing, right? Happy endorphins. endorphins. There's
2: definitely some uh, caretaking there. <laughs> the caretaking role. Yep. Yep. I was uh, I was just scrolling through the quote sheet from last night. Um
0: and he mentions the you know, it's about not the age of the players but their commitment. He's asked what he wants to see from the veterans that he benched. Um and says that no matter their age, he wants their commitment to that shirt and to their team. Uh and it sounds like he agrees that the, the young guys did that last night. Um
1: That's not nice to hear five months later,
0: right? Uh, (laughs) But he also says that uh, tactics and formation don't really matter. Uh, Which I think is kind of hilarious. So he's asked if the first half performance stands out more than the second half and he says well, forget the tactics, forget the shape, forget the system. It doesn't matter. If the opposition want to run more around you and they want to tackle more than you and they want to get the ball forward and get on the second ball, that hasn't changed. Hasn't changed from the 70s to now. If you don't compete against Liverpool, Bayern, all these teams, they run all over you. If it's good enough for them, trust me, it's good enough for Minnesota United. He is going to run <laughs> these next few games.
3: Someone someone, queue in uh, Black IPs, right? Run in, run in, and run in, run in, and run in, run in, run in. But but seriously, I think here's 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 the interesting thing. Like, he talks about there was no technical ability, but if you look at the at the at the grid map, right, it's, it's it's extremely obvious where that technical ability came from. It was when those young kids were put into play. There was build up play. There was passes. There was giving goes. I mean, Chacon's no look pass was like literally watching. You know, Stefan Marbury, no look pass to beautiful. Kevin Garnett in a sense, right? It was like, yep. I was like, wow. Or, the, or or Chacon's dummy in that sense that was, you know, people were looking at at the same time. I mean, Toy stuff was... Stuff that we've was, seen
0: Gasper do for the last few yeah. weeks. Yeah. Gasper yeah.
3: even had a, had a move as well, too. And so, like, I think Toy, in addition to this, too, was was making runs, was circling around, was making people uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And so... He was staying high, too. He was not dropping. Yeah. Yeah and, like, yeah,
3: and I think that's one of the things that people need to understand too is that this is a situation in which we have players that, that can play a certain way and we have players that play a different way, right? And I think it's, it's time to start figuring out what we really want to do. This is the second game now, maybe the third game in which we have lost and we've had more possession than the other team our previous four five, six games before that, you know, we were lucky if we held the ball 40% of the time. And here we are holding the ball 50% plus of the ball that. So there's been a shift in something. And what are we going to do? Or what, are we, what, is, what is the best approach to what we're going to do? Now here's my thing, right? And I'm drooling about this, but I would love to see a combination of Chacon, Amarilla and Reynoso playing together and looking for each other and i'll throw in toy in that way as well too Yeah, how that will work on that field would be a thing that i would love to watch but will we even get that opportunity who knows i mean reynoso has not been uh we, we you know he appeared and then we don't know anything else from him so i don't know if there's any updates that i probably have not seen but i think those are the things that 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 give you kind of like a like hope towards the next couple of games specifically the weather
1: the weather changed and it got down to 50 degrees and he's like oh this is too cold and he was like oh buddy oh buddy <laughs> i Sorry, hope you go brought ahead. like a,
3: like 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 a a ton of uh like literally like like a ton of mate with him cuz he's going to need it for the winter
1: you know to to his credit I, I i have been in argentina when it gets pretty chilly so not even close to here but i I've, I've had some some 25 degree days in, in Buenos Aires. <laughs> um, okay. I was gonna mention two other quick points before we finish up. Um Greg, has that free kick towards the end and it looks initially like it is a goal off of AHA, but then it's he clearly offside. And also it was almost a handball. I think it was his shoulder, wasn't it? Or collarbone or something. So,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, but definitely offsides. Uh, we have a Musa appearance is this the first match we've seen him in? I can't remember. Uh,
0: I think yeah. he played once. No, yeah, it is. No, this is the he first time. Even, he wasn't it's even it, in Orlando.
3: Yeah, it was funny because like I, I literally like asked uh, Jeff Ruder when he when he started before the game started. I was like, when he put out his uh, list of uh, starters, eleven, and I was like, what what situation needs to happen in, in order for Musa to get some playing time? Well, right?
1: Turns out, a <laughs> turns out, for <laughs> your for <laughs> your attacking players need player. to
3: need to play like yep. crap. Yeah, to be able to have Musa in there, and I think, and I don't know. I mean, I, it's I, we've never seen a hobby substituted in in Orlando, right? And so I was, it was really interesting for me why the substitution matter. I don't, well, I don't know if he had a yellow card. I, I don't think he did, but uh, I know Boxo had one, but I, and Gasper and Moutenier. But I don't see anything down. Yeah. From
0: it seemed like AHA was just gassed when they were looking for uh, just trying to mix it up a little bit.
3: Yeah. I think you, I think you're truly right at that. So then hopefully the new guy will help with that.
1: He makes his presence known in in not the best of ways, like clearly fouling. um, I'm not sure who he took down, but it was a clear PK. Um, And so there's your final three, one Dallas. Wow. wow. But even though it was it was a tough loss i mean that second half just like rodrigo and all of us have been alluding to there was there was a spark there there was there was something there that should not be ignored we hope will not be ignored and i guess that's all i have to say unless when you wants to add something more
0: well i i think we'll see more of them uh, i mean they play again wednesday it's not like there's a whole lot of rest and prep time here Oh. Which, one do
1: you, which one do you put in Luchi Gonzalez auditioning for the Wakanda national team? That's pretty good. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's a pretty cool shirt. Yeah, yeah,
3: no, and Here's a funny thing, right? Luchi, uh, from what I know, has Peruvian heritage in it. And then, totally, the first time I saw it, I thought, is she wearing a Shipibo shirt? And Shipibo is an Amazonian tribe in Peru. And so, like, because they make shirts like that, too. And I was like, is it a mixture or is that actually a Tashiki? What, is it? what? And like, we were talking about that. But that, that guy looks good.
1: He does look good. It's true. And, and I how was about like, this? Go ahead.
3: Go. no, you go ahead. Go.
1: Oh, I was just going to say some some weird captioning thing here. Uh, is this from Bridget? Is this from you or is this from uh, Sheila?
2: Nope. Or Rodrigo? Not me.
1: Dallas will have a chance at the spot. To put the insurance dagger into the hearts of the womb—that's what the caption says. It's wow! Weird.
2: Oh, I think that
1: was Pablo. That was Pablo. All right. Well, that, that's 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 it. Huh? I missed that as well.
3: You know, I I think overall, like just you know, out of the bubble, we just there's something going on, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Three games, lost three games, one at home, right? Um. And there's something to say about what what home field advantage is like now during this during COVID time. But regardless, you know you should be taking a team. And this is you know this is a this is a Dallas team who has not played well.
1: This is a Dallas team that didn't seasons. play at all in, yeah. <laughs> in the tournament.
3: And and and, and like well, this this seems to be scored
0: in like a year. So.
3: Right. And then they scored three against us. And then it's like one of those things. We're like, okay, without Reggie Cannon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so I'm like and I'm like, oh wow, this is this is you know, what kind of conversation is happening in that in that laughter room? I you know, I you know, we know our defense is not gonna change more, but it just does prove that we really miss Ike in a sense. Uh, the Ike and Ozzy connection is, is vital to our defensive shape. Uh, but no one knows what's going on with Ike. There's no news. There's we were we were we Nothing were told definitive. that perhaps yeah, there's nothing out there, so it's like I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's not know. worth speculating, who and knows. I don't want to speculate anything. But it's just we do miss someone, just have another option back there to be able to do work, and um, you know we'll see we'll see what that will be down the road. I I'm, I'm hoping specifically a Wednesday between a Darwin Quintero and um, and a Christian Ramirez to score I think four goals, if not more.
1: Right? Yeah. So, yeah. But co- yeah. It four, in yeah last game. four.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, is this is this in Houston or is this in St. Paul? This it's here.
3: In Houston. It's in Houston. Oh, I thought it was here. Okay, good. It's in mm-hmm. Houston, so more heat. that would be great for them. Um, but <laughs> I'm hoping that we, you know, if we, if the typical thing would be like we'll we'll see maybe a Dotson going for Lude or for Finley. I think on the starting rotation, and that won't and that'll be as much change as we'll get. I think, um, but then I think now we've seen, and credits to Heath for being able to rank out four attacking players and put in four youth players. That was huge. So yeah. that's that that's in the pocket, and I I don't know how 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 short of a leash people will be on, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a short of a leash, specifically when you have Good. other players who are willing to put in that work. I tend for the to rest agree.
0: Of the quote sheet, I would say it's going to be a very short leash.
1: I mean, and I'll, I'll channel Pablo a little bit last week. He was even talking about, yes, we know that Molino has this long history, especially with Heath in particular, but he even said, if he's not contributing, you got to bench Molino. And the fact that it happened was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Let's talk briefly about some of the other matches uh, during MLS. I'm just going to run through them. If there's one that caught your eye, uh, by all means, please interrupt. Atlanta loses to Orlando three one. I caught a little bit of this one. It almost looked like they were they were going to start a little bit of a comeback, and Nani shut that down very quickly at the very end. So, Orlando. Here's the one
3: thing about this game that I want to talk momentum.
1: About yeah,
3: pareja. Yeah, <laughs> no, pareja was smart. He rested. He rested uh, Nani, and I forget who else. What the other player was, right? And let the and let his younger players get a chance to play. And then when he needed to push to 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 seal the game puts in nani and, and then there you go right i mean yeah. that, that's great management by, by that aspect of it atlanta is, is oh my gosh
1: yeah look a couple of those goals were i mean they came up
3: i just i don't i don't get atlanta right now like like PT and barco like pt twice so much
1: BT was playing defense. He looked like a center back for a couple times. <laughs> and he just doesn't,
3: you know. I don't know if it's the support or he can't find someone to pass it to. Oh, he just wants to do everything himself. I don't know, but I just, that that is a jackal and high team. Like you don't know yeah. which, which which what you're gonna get.
1: Um, the two uh, Ohio teams tie: Cincy and Columbus. NYCFC three-one over Chicago. Uh, Bridget, did, did you see any? That's our Frankie. Did did it, did it happen?
0: Uh. Probably. I didn't actually Probably. See any of it
1: though. <laughs> when in doubt. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia gets a big win over DC United four to one. New England and Red Bulls tie one one. We just talked about Dallas and, and Minnesota. Colorado and sporting tie one one. Uh, Galaxy San Jose, I heard was, was kind of a nail biter and, and they kinda of pulled it off at the very end, three to two. and then Portland and Salt Lake. Goal Fest, I guess this must have been a – I didn't catch this, but it looks like a defense optional match. 4-4. Wow, that's a lot of goals. Um, With those results, Seattle still is yet to play. They play tonight, but Minnesota has now dropped to third in the West. And if S- Seattle uh, win or tie, I think that gives them like a three or four point spread this is, on Minnesota. This is Seattle
3: versus LAFC, right? E- is it? Is it LAFC? I'm not sure. No,
0: play? LAFC I think played last night, didn't they?
3: Oh, okay. Then never mind. Then.
0: Dang it.
3: Okay. I'll look it up really quick. No, that's fine. You don't need to look it up. That's that's. I cool. got it. No, you're correct. LAFC. Woohoo!
0: Oh, Galaxy played last night.
3: That's going to be a fun one. I'm 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 also ready for Miguel to get Some more time, but I am I am I am on the I I we have gained another gear on the on the Rui Diaz golden boot watch <laughs> drink
1: <laughs> and we shot. are
3: happy to be on this Rui Diaz golden boot watch
1: drink. <laughs> one more shot
3: <laughs> and lastly <laughs> those two goals he scored were beautiful last game so that's it that so, it's true so, it's true so yeah um, so go ahead no I was just gonna say I gotta take off before my head's been chopped off for some reason so um, okay I'll see you guys uh Always good. Um, just uh, let me make a couple of substitutions here and mm. play the
1: kids. Play the kids. Play, play the, the kids. <laughs> That's right.
3: Hashtag, hashtag free check on. Hashtag play free the kids. On.
0: Hi, this is Easy to Watch, and no, you must be dreaming because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show.
1: All right, thank you, Rodrigo. So uh, I just put this in as well with some NWSL, with no college football, uh, and the CBS deal still in effect. We might be getting prime time NWSL matches on CBS, which would be awesome. 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 So we will have to see how it develops. I mean, I'm fingers crossed. I'm I'm trying to lower my expectations, but honestly, what else are they going to (laughs) do?
0: Oh, I'm sure they have some uh, replays they can show. Some golf. Yeah. (laughs) You know, 20. Mm
1: -hmm. 2012 PGA final. Oh man, terrible. Um, I'm backtracking now. Let's let's. I'm gonna try and get through this as quickly as possible. But by all means, please interrupt, ladies. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. uh, Boy, they got a nice payday after the Bayern uh, win in Champions League. So initially, I put 590,000 for the Davies transfer. Uh, Bridget or Sheila, maybe you can correct me. Now I've heard a million.
2: I was trying to find what you were talking about, and I, I couldn't see a news report about it.
1: Did you hear anything, Bridget? Did you Did you get a number? I know they got a They got a They got paid. <laughs> they got a yeah. They got a big chunk yeah. of change. So I hopefully, think, go ahead. Uh, Five
0: hundred ninety might have been like the the base like performance, the base. and then it could have gone up to a million based on okay. like individual performance. But
1: yeah, boy, I mean, hopefully they don't squander it. <laughs> Pretty good payday. Um, We can briefly talk Messi. Everybody's been – it's been all over the place now that he wants out. And as of today, the update was it looks like there's going to be some kind of a legal battle because it looks like La Liga is not going to let him go on the free transfer he thought he could utilize. Um, So who knows how it's all going to play out.
2: His um, trick now is that he's refusing to take a COVID test.
1: (laughs) Hmm. Who knows? I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, I'm waiting for the photo with him and Guardiola again, because it sounds like Manchester City might be the most probable. But I think, I mean, who's going to pay his salary? I mean, we're talking how much? I mean, I I don't even know what that number is. Only the
0: team with the oil
1: money. Yeah, right. Exactly. Sadly. So it's Man City or or PSG basically is going to take him. So it boils down to... We got a little silly, and I said we could do it. We could offer a Mac- Macas- uh Bede Macasca apartment, recumbent bike, a brewery. He'll take over uh, La Doña, and we'll call it <laughs> Cerveceria Leonel. St. Paul will be renamed San Pablo del Rosario Viva Che. He'll get some sorrels, a snowblower, and a year supply of That's a, that You can't turn that down.
2: No. What's
1: PSG going to do against that?
2: Oh, my God. Nobody wants Ludafisk. <laughs> <laughs> That stuff is he disgusting. Doesn't, he doesn't know what it is.
0: He'll say he'll say
1: yes. <laughs> be like, I can have a hundred million dollars or the Ludafisk. I'm going to Minnesota. <laughs> and then we had some fun with Minneapolis City we actually started hashtag Mississippi. <laughs> so I'm waiting I'm waiting for the new kits or or apparel of some kind of Mississippi to come out. That'll be fun. Um st Louis in the u s l it was reported that the the u s l team's gonna fold due to the mls which is sad we've we've seen that before it just sucks that that's kind of the uh the routine they've been around since uh 2015 it's too bad they've won they, what it was recently they won the u s l wasn't it yeah
0: last, it season
1: last? Season I can't before. remember I can't remember it just it just it's brutal when you, you know, your lower division team has to go for the other one. Um, Flamengo, Flamengo is, is trying to say that they're going to, they're going to set up shop and, and start a team. Flamengo USA has, has notes and rings of Chivas USA in in Las Vegas of all places, uh, which of course started the USL League One with our, with our friends in Madison. I mean, I'm sure they, if this even happens, they're obviously going to go for an MLS bid, but it would be amazing if they went into USL League One and you had Flamengo versus Flamingo. That was that was the big joke. Awesome. And and of course, they ran with it because Madison's amazing. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, Makwele Akale, who is one of our homegrown guys here from the Twin Cities, played at Villarreal for a long time. He went to Cyprus, and his brother is there as well. I think he probably actually went there with his brother. And, you know, it's just too bad that we, we can't get these guys to come back, and, and maybe for good reason. You know, he, he wants to stay in Europe now that he's there. Uh, maybe he just doesn't – I don't know. I don't know what the relationship is with Minnesota United, if they've even tried. But here's a guy with La Liga experience. Can't get him back. Uh, McKinney wants to talk about Weston McKinney. Pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's a big move. Go for it. Going to Juventus. Um, yeah, it was a really quick signing. Uh, what is it? 3 million pound loan with an option to buy. So pretty, pretty big deal for a young player. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty huge. Uh, So immediately you started joking, Wes and I, that this was a, uh, some kind of a, an operation to get, like, he's like like a CIA agent getting into the team, basically, so we can do a citizen's arrest of Cristiano Ronaldo and bring him back to the US to stand (laughs) trial. (laughs) I don't think they appreciated it very much. We didn't get any comments from the, from the Italian side. (laughs)
2: Is he um is that a thing? Is 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 he like they want him to come back to the US or I mean doesn't US yeah. have the power to bring somebody like that back? That
0: is a great question. I, I think they can pick him up if he does
2: come here. I don't think they So
1: is he are you so saying that he's out.
2: like wanted wanted for arrest here?
1: I'm not sure yes. if there's a warrant out. That's that's a good question. No.
2: I don't think it's actually a warrant,
0: but they would definitely like bring, take the opportunity to bring him in and question him again. Right. They're not going to go all the way over there just to question him. Yep. He has yep. too much money for that.
1: Yeah. He won't be, he won't be doing any U S tours. I don't think if, no. if Juventus, you know, wins champions league or something like that, he'll, yeah. he'll go to he'll his Madeira beach. Yeah. And he'll just hang there. Oh. I didn't. Uh,
2: I didn't realize that was a situation with him. That like he was actually in hiding or like avoiding.
1: Not really hiding, but, but it's it's an open case. I think is what the deal is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. But don't we right. have? I mean,
2: yeah. Never mind. No. No. Please. I just think that if if there was somebody that needed to stand trial here in the US that we have a relationship with Italy such that we will be able to bring that person back?
0: If he was someone other than a multi-billion dollar athlete, and if it had been, say, tax fraud or a white collar crime, he would probably be here by now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that is it right there. That is it. Um... And I, and I did see, uh, going back to McKinney, that it it is a done deal, and they actually announced him and everything. So good on him. Um, earlier in the week, we had Seattle and Portland, the Cascadia Cup. And as, as Rodrigo already alluded to Rodriguez ideas, tore, tore, tore it up, got two goals, got the brace. Um, NYCFC 1-0. These are some other scores. I don't know if we need to cover any of these. But just to scroll down to the one that is of interest to us, I think, is Houston 5, Sporting KC 2. Bridget, we saw some familiar faces kind of taking it on their shoulders and doing some uh, incredible work. (laughs) Nostalgia.
0: Yeah. Uh, What was the final count? Three goals for Quintero. Two assists. A goal and an assist for Ramirez. Yep. So yeah, a massive performance for both of them. Um, neither of them have really secured the starting role. Uh,
1: um, I got I got Darwin with a brace and an assist, two goals and I an
0: assist. Had, I thought he had a third one.
1: Did he get three? Maybe he did. Anyway, they look great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they both look great.
0: Either way.
1: <laughs> Either way um okay well that brings us to kind of midweek where we had some pretty historic um a pretty historic event happen. so orlando and nashville actually play and orlando wins that match three to one um this is two days after the attempted murder of uh mr blake in kenosha wisconsin massive civil unrest uh uprisings there uprisings here uprisings uh, across the country, here being in, in, in Minnesota, here in the Twin Cities. Um, Black players for change, I, I just cannot give this organization enough credit because they're obviously very focused on what's happening and they obviously have an, an amazing communications network because they pulled off a Wildcat strike and they pulled this off in solidarity with the, with the NBA and the WNBA. But in this case, it did kind of start with LeBron and the Milwaukee Bucks, they were the first ones to decide they weren't gonna play. Um, And then once LeBron got on it, I think he basically got everybody to fall in line. WNBA have always been the leaders when it comes to anything in in terms of protesting and in solidarity with black lives. Like those women are just unbelievable. And so they were right there. Um, I wasn't sure how this was all gonna play out with the MLS. And then that first game happens and then Atlanta walks out, Atlanta, Orlando, right? And it looks like they're gonna play. And they take a knee and they peace out. <laughs> they just walk off the field. And at that moment, I knew something big was going on. Like there's, there was actually like, again, the, the Black Players for Change, uh, very well organized, made it happen. And then it just kind of spread from there to the point where nobody was even coming out. So that entire slate that evening uh, was canceled. They were on, they were on strike. And I want to be very clear because I think language is important here. The, the corporate media, and even within these, these leagues, they were calling it a boycott. Boycott is withholding your, basically your money, your personal expense from buying like a product, right? You're boycotting this product to affect that company or whatever. A strike is withholding your labor, right? And that's exactly what happened here. A wildcat strike is, doing this action without any kind of negotiation and uh, and discussion. You just do it. And in fact, on the NBA's case, like there was even a, a clause they, that they weren't supposed to do this. And they just said, fuck it, we're doing this. Um, so I had never seen anything like this. And, oh, oh, and the cherry on top, I, sh- I should mention w- was baseball, like crazy conservative MLB. I did not expect anything to come from baseball. And again, it started with the Milwaukee team with the Brewers and it, and it spread from there. So you had four major league sports teams per, actually successfully pull off a wildcat strike in solidarity with black lives. I, pff, wow. I yeah. never saw that coming. Pretty huge. I'll throw it to either of you. Uh, yeah, just,
2: I just think it's uh, pretty remarkable, um, the, That uh, there's been such a, um, you know, there's been such a a buy-in or, um, you know, so many teams and players have, and I do think it is the players that are, um, you know, they should be credited for the amount of support they've given the Black Lives Matter movement. It's pretty amazing. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that this would have been possible five years ago. Right. No.
1: Yeah. And again, MLS came in and support, but I, I have to stress again that I just don't see this happening without the BPC, without the black players for change in that organization. They are so essential to everything that's happening right now. And I still don't think they're getting the credit that they deserve. Um, the, some of the players we've been clear about that, you know, it, it made it look like the league was making this decision. They're like, yeah. uh, we did this, the players did this, <laughs> just like you guys are saying. Um, and of course, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm, Sheila, you're not that far away either, but, you know, we're here in South Minneapolis, which is still very much the epicenter of a lot of resistance and rebellion. While this was happening, uh, we're not that far from downtown either. You know, downtown was back under a military occupation for, a, a, I don't know how to say it. It's, it's an indirectly related situation that was still caused by the loss of a black life that, you know, we're, we're all still in mourning in this city it's still a powder keg of racial tensions and it didn't take much for a spark to kind of set things off again so that that was kind of the background of watching all of this actually pop off so yeah it's uh I don't even know I'm not sure where I was trying to go with that except that uh <laughs> it's a it's all around the red the revolutions going down um, and the fact that athletes are are using their notoriety and their positions of of, uh, of power is is impressive I um, I never seen anything like this
0: and then and, uh, you know go ahead. think about Portland last night they're playing a match at home in their stadium and right outside there's a uh, Pro White
1: supremacist. Yep. Yeah, a
0: massive rally, uh, yep. which got quite silent um Por- yeah, Portland we has right been. The
1: yeah, yeah. I was, I was just gonna add that Portland's been like an active war zone now for like two months. Well, <laughs> it's just two they people, haven't stopped.
2: Didn't two people get killed this morning?
1: Uh, one I believe confirmed, and then another one shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we can we can kind of trans a uh, segue from this maybe into the the garbage millionaire of RSL who who had the reaction of basically saying you know oh we're losing too much money from this blah 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 it's taking a lot of wind out of our club and I'm gonna have to fire these people um, terrible look and then uh, our friends over at the Athletic didn't have to do much of a dive to look in this guy's history and see. Unsurprisingly, a whole bunch of racist commentary and abuse from this man, um, and then to to the point where that led to another kind of deep dive, where another guy I, I wish I could give him credit I, I I blasted it on social media, but he basically took a bunch of the ownership, including Minnesota United with Dr. Bill McGuire, and how you know it's again, unsurprisingly, millionaires and billionaires are very much connected to the right wing and the conservative movement and all this money that they're pouring into. Uh, whether it's the Trump Trump campaign or other um, uh, other PACs and whatever else supporting, actively supporting things that that the, that the players themselves and us as supporters are against, right? Um, Josie Altidore was just spitting fire and basically saying, we, he needs to sell the team. I'm involved in a group that's ready to purchase it. So, I mean, how dope would that be if Josie you know, Altidore buys the the Rail Salt Lake and the women's team? And, and the Players Association came out as well, basically saying Del, they're against him. Del Loy Hanson is his name. Um, I think there have been some updates to this, Bridget or Sheila. Do you want to take it?
0: Uh, well, as of this morning, he has announced that he is going to sell um, all interest in the MLS team, the NWSL team as well as USL. Um, all right, so there he, you will, go. he will divest completely, um, and the league claims that they will do their part to smooth things over to make it so that it's not a, a huge disruption to the team, as it already has been. Um, JJ. Watt, even today, um, of course, husband of NWSL. Yeah.
1: Uh, that's the way to. That's the way to start it. He's <laughs> just some husband.
0: <laughs> the husband of, um, yes. so he has uh, voiced his interest in purchasing as
1: well. Interesting. Um, and
0: being Interesting. part of ownership there. So, uh, I mean, there's plenty of people who want to do it the right way. And I mean, like you said, it's it's not just this one club. He just happens to be the most uh, vocal and unapologetic about right. his stance at this moment um so i think we'll be seeing more of this
1: yeah it's this it's almost like the supporters and the season ticket holders should own the team or own a big share of the team i mean we talk about this all the time and we love our we love our crows in minneapolis city and being able to buy in and have a voice and, and and be on the table i mean that's there's there's so much history there whether it's in europe or south america i mean like Bundesliga is a good example where they have the 51% clause already built in where that 1% goes to the season ticket holders to be able to have some sway over the club to the other extreme where you have fully support our own teams, usually in the lower divisions. But every once in a while, you know, you'll get, you get a upper division squad uh, that has, that has a bigger, uh, bigger percentage. I'm thinking like, like on Swans, whenever they move up, Swans is like three fourths. I can't remember the exact percentage. Um, I think I we're just far from that here in this country, I think, but you don't have to look very far to kind of see clearly that the solution is not possible. very complicated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's possible. Um I put this one out of order. This this is Ford Madison just being their awesome selves and, and them being the closest to the to the the, the horrible attempted murder by by uh, by the police there and in in um, Kenosha, yeah, sure. thank you, and basically saying that they were they were going to hold off and not play as well, which they're just, they're on top of it always. Um, Michael Bradley, I just put, the, it, it looked bad at first, he, he didn't kneel, and then he had a really good explanation as to why, which I didn't even comment on it, because he's usually at the forefront of a lot of social justice things, and he's got a pretty good record, and he had a great response, he, you know, he, he basically said he wants more, and him kneeling just didn't feel good enough for for himself as a, as a white guy. And he's right. I mean, he had, he had a good response. So that's all that is. Um, what else? I I just want, I'd put this in here, you know, it was so cool to see this act of solidarity with these professional athletes. And I wish it would have lasted longer (laughs) because we had this match yesterday, right? We're going to have matches today. I think to really get this thing going and, uh, you got to believe that there's an, an unbelievable amount of fear, right, within the owning class, uh, within just owners in general in the in a capitalist society like this. That if this thing were to spread into a general strike, uh, which is something I would love to see and which would be the ultimate goal, I think they had to shut it down and, you know, start to co-opt it and get these players to get, get back on the field and, and uh, start oh. to play and, and entertain again. Go ahead.
0: I mean, it's not like this uh, is exactly over. Um, They may be agreement to play only because, at least with MLS, the the league agreed to meet with the Black players um, and with the Players Association to discuss Mm -hmm. these things um, and see what they can do differently to improve things for everyone. And then as we saw last night uh, with Chris Wright, CEO of Minnesota United, talking about how it was the United players who pushed um, for the club to use its platform better and to use its resources. And they'll be meeting with Ramsey County to talk about making Allianz a polling place yes.
1: for the Midway
0: area, um, as well as other community activism events. Um, I mean, we've already seen the, the Friday farmers markets uh, since the riots, since it's become a food desert, but it sounds like they'll be getting a bit more active and that's in large part because of the players. So right. the conversation right. is still happening, even they might be on the field right now. Uh, but I think the conversation is finally happening and they'll still be under some pressure. We've seen now what the power that the players have and the right. will that they have to make that change. So,
1: Well said. And, and they're very much emboldened right now that if they did decide that they're going to, have another Wildcat. I mean, they. now that they've successfully pulled it off, you know, second time is always you easier. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got it. So we will uh, we'll see how that all, all kind of pans out. Cool that they actually started to make that move, though, to, to, uh, re- regarding the polling place, because that, that was a specific demand that came out of the NBA uh, mm-hmm. that they're working with a lot of the all, – all the teams are working with all their stadium staff to make that happen. So I'm glad it, it kind of spilled over into – into MLS as well. Um, let's wrap this thing up. I don't have a lot of international things to say. Um, on the Bayern, there's just this great shot of, I mean, this is now old, but it's it's still so relevant, sadly, of David Alaba. He's down with, with the trophy, takes off his Bayern shirt, and it says Black Lives Still Matter on it. Just what an iconic shot. Just beautiful. Um, we had the Women's Champion League, Champions League semis. Actually, the final's like going on right now. It might be over. Uh but Wolfsburg beats Barcelona uh of one goal from Rolfo, uh attempt that goes low and then she puts it away. Olympic Lyonnais PSG, we had the French semi and Olympic Lyonnais wins that with a Renard Header off a free kick, a couple red cards apiece. The te- both teams finish that one with uh ten women on the pitch. And then yeah, right now you have Wolfsburg and Olympic Lyonnais. I don't know if is anybody following it or tracking it. <laughs> he just looks at me blink blink <laughs> well we'll talk about it next time <laughs> um I finally the we go to for
0: the weekend sir.
1: i understand we had the tragic passing of uh of chadwick boseman which i know is has hit a lot of people very hard and the tributes in in football world started coming fast and furious starting uh yesterday when you had the uh, community shield match which with arsenal and liverpool um, I didn't even know what the final score was Bridget, did, you know, well, I'm, I'm sure you do. Uh, well,
0: Arsenal took it in uh, penalty shoot up at the end. It okay. was one one going in. The, the final so I season. think
1: Obama, Obama Yang probably gets credit for doing the first Wakanda salute yep. on the pitch. Um, it was pretty awesome. And since then, we, we've seen it in throughout MLS. Um, Fafa Pico did it against Minnesota yesterday. Um, I, I saw it in a bunch of other matches as well. Uh, it's it's just kind of a a lovely tribute and a beautiful thing to see for uh, a really talented individual just gone way too soon that contributed so much to BIPOC representation and I mean I, I just for people to see themselves like that on screen and and have a a black superhero and I just think of all the children too and what and what what he means I mean what he means to my kids what he means to uh, to so many so many so many families it was he was a trailblazer not just for black panther too i was explaining this to my son yesterday because he he was saying well didn't he play jackie robinson too and i'm like yeah he played jackie robinson he played james brown he played t'challa he played thurgood marshall and throughout that all that entire time he was battling cancer we come to find uh the
0: the five bloods bloods. as well i have not yeah, seen I want that to, one I,
2: want, I think that's on netflix it is yeah so
1: is I it would, good I want you to watch it yeah uh,
2: and and um black panther is showing tonight on tv on cbs yes again. yeah
1: yes yeah. i think we're Number gonna watch three. it um i'm actually reading I'm, I'm really deep into this book called african samurai right now it's, it's a true story based on uh this this uh this african that comes over through the, the via the portuguese uh yes I- yazaki I- 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 or we call him izaki izaki in portuguese right but to the japanese year that became yasuki and it's an it's an unbelievable just super super gripping story like I'm, I'm so enthralled with it and it's already been adapted and he was slated to play yasuki in the film version so that's my like direct connection there but anyway we we celebrate uh Chadwick Bozeman and Black Panther Wakanda forever. I'm doing the salute and we'll wrap it up there with Minnesota football show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Sheila.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you listeners.
2: See you next time.